0: Good evening, Norris. Do I am going to ride this? Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We've, uh, we, we've, we've got stuff to talk about. If I seem kind of out of it, you have to forgive me. My soul has been successfully sucked out of my body by watching E3. All the E3 coverage over the weekend. And for some reason, I decided to subject my viewers to the same fate I have subjected myself to, and to which I will just say, I am almost sorry. I'm not sure why I expected better from E3, taking a year off. And deciding to go all virtual like they should have last year, but didn't. And managing to produce basically nothing of value. In fact, here. To make up for it. I will tell you everything you need to know from E3. Alright? First off. Gearbox is releasing a standalone version of Tiny Tina's Dragon Keep as its own game called The Wonderlands. It actually looks good. However, to make sure that Gearbox doesn't get too much credit, they also decided to create a Borderlands movie, which I have negative faith in as well as remind us that Homeland 3 is in development, but they have nothing to, to say of it, and they mentioned it three times! Three freaking separate times! Throughout the whole presentation! <sighs> I do not understand. I mean, Gearbox, Gearbox had a grand total of Four, maybe five things to share why the heck did they have their own segment of E3 they basically came off like the kid who forgot to do their book report and quickly jotted down a whole bunch of stuff on a napkin and that was it it was the biggest waste of time ever I actually don't recall if anything else on Saturday was worth mentioning other than an event that was technically not part of E3, but happened at the same time. And that was the Devolver. Announcements. I would actually strongly recommend that when you have a chance that you should absolutely go and watch the Devolver announcements because that was actually a very, very good show. Easily the highlight of E3, despite not being part of E3. Oh yeah, and Square Enix somehow managed to have an entire 45 minute showcase of everything Square Enix and only occasionally mention Final Fantasy, one of their two flagships, and not mention Dragon Quest at all, which is their other flagship. But did manage to spend over half of their time talking about Marvel. Including a Guardian of the Galaxy game that looks exactly like Mass Effect. Except it's, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. So the instant there's a movie franchise tied to it, you instantly lose a lot of faith in it. Because you just hope that the the fact that it's a movie franchise carries it instead of the actual quality of the game itself. Oh, yeah, and then no one's going to be able to stream it because it's going to be filled with copyright music, and because, of course, you're counting on the fact that it's going to be a movie franchise game that that's going to carry it, and nothing else. So, you know, why bother putting in the feature to not have copyright music in? I don't get square. They have good content. They had other announcements they could have talked about. They recently had a 35th anniversary presentation of all things Dragon Quest. They could have easily rehashed some of that, but no, they wasted so much of their time talking about mobile games on the E3 stage, which, by the way, is, for the most part, a Western showcase of what you've got but you spend it on mobile games in which the western world absolutely hates mobile games but no let's spend a good portion on that and then also spend a good portion on that on Marvel because you know the Marvel games worked out so well in the past someone in the chat mentioned That Square has just been kind of coasting. This is not only just a case of Square coasting on previous fame, but just gross incompetence in prepping their presentation. Just, oh my god. Honestly, like normally, like everyone always likes to talk about, like, who's the winner of E3? Who's the winner of E3? I mean, you unfortunately can't say Devolver because they're technically not part of E3. The winner of E3 is going to be one of two people. It is either going to be Microsoft, who actually had a little bit to show, or Sony. You could easily say Sony was the winner of E3 because they bailed! That should tell you everything you need to know about E3. Now, granted, we are recording this on Sunday. There is still technically two more days of E3, and we haven't seen Nintendo's Nintendo Direct yet. And there's a decent chance, if Twitter is to be believed, which... Man, good luck with that. That Nintendo will reveal their Nintendo Switch update, which everyone has been calling the Nintendo Switch Pro forever... There's a decent chance that Nintendo will just steal E3 by just not absolutely messing it up. And technically, uh, technically, Nintendo is part of E3. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. God, I I want my weekend back. The only saving grace... With E3 is that I had the foresight to say hey if I'm going to go ahead and co-stream the E3 content I'm going to go ahead and have a game playing on the side as well thank god I did made that decision so I at least made some progress in Final Fantasy 5 cause otherwise my entire weekend would just be pretty much chopped liver it'd be nothing yeah it'd be worse than chopped liver it'd be nothing And there you have it. My quick rundown of how E3 was. I figured we'd just get that out of the way right now since my emotions are nice and fresh. Oh yeah, and don't ask me how the PC gaming show was because I saw all of, what, three minutes of that and then decided to 86 it. Never before have I seen anything so cringy. (sighs) Alright, now that we got that bit of therapy out of the way, uh, should we instead just talk about how uh, EA has been hacked? By the way, if you're wondering why I I didn't put EA in the running for winning E3, EA bailed on E3 long, long ago. Sony at least made the decision recently. So, you know, there's that. E3 had themselves hacked. And a bunch of source code. Can, Can you tell the exposure to E3 has now just made me dumber? Apparently, almost 780 gigabytes of data have been hacked from ea i think i might have accidentally said that e3 was hacked because chad is now making fun of me for saying e3 was hacked ea electronic arts has been hacked and some concerns is that source code may have been stolen which means that there could be vulnerabilities and you know it's even better one of the games that the source code has been sold for is FIFA 2021 and also the Frostbite engine. So some Frostbite games could be tur- turned out that uh, there could be some vulnerabilities found, but I mean, stealing the source code for FIFA 2021, do you have any idea how big that is? You now hold the source code to try and find vulnerabilities in at least 21 different games. I'm just saying, I guarantee you that source code has not changed an inch. Not a single character since the original FIFA. <sighs> Alright, j- joking aside of uh, of the hack. EA is assuring us there is no risk to their players. So no personal data... Of users of EA has been stolen according to EA so absolutely if you go ahead and use EA for anything or more importantly if you go ahead and use uh, what is their stupid Steam replacement Origin if you use Origin and have personal data stored in Origin um, just assume it's taken I mean EA says it's fine but I trust EA about as far as I can throw them It would not surprise me at all if pu- if customer data was stolen and EA is just trying to cover it up. Because EA is the exact kind of scumbucket who would do that. So, you know, we'll see how things go from there. By the way, um, the entire Internet went down. And you know what's kind of sad about it? A lot of the internet went down. I shouldn't say the entire internet. But large chunks of the internet went down. One morning. And it was all because. All because of one company. A company known. As Fastly. Quite possibly one of the dumbest names to ever blight the planet. But they had an outage. And the best part. It was a technical issue caused by one user. One user did one thing by accident they weren't supposed to. And large chunks of the internet went down because those internet services made the poor life decision of trusting a company named Fastly. Good job. Good job. Chat is accusing me of causing the problem. It was not me. In fact, actually, the problem was already being resolved by the time I woke up that morning. I remember waking up and there was, I, I noticed that like my, uh, my alarm clock actually didn't go off. I use a uh, echo show, a little five inch screen echo show as my alarm clock. And it goes to like this whole routine and actually uses an online radio station as, as like part of its wake up routine. It wasn't playing when I woke up because of this outage. Good job. Good job. But what does that say about the way the internet is structured? We use these services like Fastly. I can't remember the name of the other one that ever... Cloudflare. Services like Cloudflare to help increase speed across the internet. Imagine if an outlet like this was actually hacked. Cloudflare has been hacked on multiple occasions, and no data is fortunately stolen, but the internet goes down for a little bit. Imagine if Fastly gets hacked. How long would they be down? There's a really good question, isn't it? By the way, if that's not scary enough, how about this? A large collection of passwords has been found on a hacker forum. Which consists of 8.4 billion passwords. 8.4 billion. Well, I can tell you what's going to happen with this database. It is immediately going to be thrown into every single hacker default rainbow table. For those who don't know what a rainbow table is, a rainbow table is a large text file that consists of all kinds of various passwords that a program will go ahead and try to gain access to an account. It's it uses a hacking method known as brute forcing. So now all the brute forces out there, they're going to have 8.4 billion confirmed passwords to go ahead and try. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Now, with that being said, how about a hacking story that's going to make us feel a little bit better? I'm very quickly scanning through my things. There's one story I thought I would have hit by now, but I don't see it, which makes me think I forgot to add it to my list. The FBI announced for whatever reason that they have in fact been for years planting a communication tool that was marketed to be fully encrypted, impenetrable, impenetrable And absolutely flawless. When actuality, it was completely a Trojan, and it let the FBI track all kinds of illegal activity. The actual name of the app was the Anom app has been in circulation since 2018 now here's my question for the FBI that's great in all that uh, you've managed to find this incredibly great tool for cracking into all kinds of illicit activities but why the heck are you telling us this Why not just keep using it? Well, needless to say, the uh, the Anam app is most likely going to uh, be phased out. There also probably is a decent chance that the reason they've gone forward with this is that word is starting to get around that this app is not as secure as they were once led to believe that is my theory we do not unfortunately have word by the way not just the fbi was using us but also the australian i just li- i just missed where where that goes the australian federal police were also using it the New Zealand police, and Europol. We're all getting in on this. Neat. Now let's get some bad news. Someone in chat suspects that it could be they're trying to get get ahead of a possible whistleblower. Could be. If that's the case, then... uh I can't wait to, uh, see what the whistleblower has to say. Now, let's shift gears over to the story that I realized I do not have. Because I prepped this all a while ago and expected a whole bunch of E3 news to come in, even though the E3 news turned out to be nothing. The meat The meatpacking! Operation JBS. You remember JBS? We talked about it last week and I said I waited a, a while because there was a suspicious lack of information about the whole hack. JBS was attacked by ransomware and it actually was like pulling teeth trying to get them to admit it was in fact ransomware. Well, guess what? JBS admitted... They paid $11 billion in Bitcoin to the hackers. Did I say, mil- did I say billion? I meant million, 11 million. <sighs> what did I just say? What did I say when we had the Continental Pipe hack? Paying the ransom is the period worst period thing period you period could period possibly period do period. Because it promotes this. And look at that. They also got a payday. Now, fortunately, in the case of the Continental Pipeline A new update in that regard is that the FBI did get a large portion of the ransom back. In fact, technically, they got the entire ransom back to Continental Pipeways. The problem is that the only reason they didn't get all of it back was because the value of Bitcoin dropped. And yes, for those wondering about the timing... The FBI getting back the Continental Pipelines ransom did come out before JBS admitted they paid 11 million in Bitcoin. Oh, gee, I wonder why they admitted it. To make sure they can get their 11 million back. Someone in chat says wait and see more companies get hacked. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, and it's not going to be just like a little mom and pop thing or like a retailer or something like that. No, they're going to go after more companies that power infrastructure, whether it be meat packing, whether it be logistics, whether it be a utility. More and more are going to get hacked, and they're going to keep getting hacked. Because they know it is a guaranteed payday. The only saving grace in this is that the FBI got the ransom back. That's the only saving grace in this to hopefully, underline, hopefully, send news that you're not going to get a payday out of it. Which would discourage the hackers who want a payday. To not do it, but it's still gonna show those who, rather than wanting a payday, just want to inflict chaos, mayhem, or just cause terror for whatever other reason, that they can still do this, inflict the trouble they want, and the worst that's gonna happen is that they don't get their ransom. You're going to see it more and more. This is going to become a bigger and bigger deal. I guarantee it. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, Dell also has a confession to make as well as another horror story. Facebook potentially releasing a watch. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. During the break, we actually kind of pondered a few things regarding the rash of ransomware attacks. A couple thoughts actually occurred. The fact that the ransom is paid every time. My first assumption has always just been that they are hilariously illiterate. But then a thought occurred. What if they're being instructed to do so from the FBI? Because, of course, something like this, you would have to assume that these sort of infrastructure facilities would had to have contacted some kind of authority. Right? It's possible they didn't but what if the authorities said to pay the ransom and then they'll just go get it back later but then of course that flies in the face of the suspicious timing of the meatpacking facility only admitting they paid the ransom after the FBI announced they got the ransom back to the Colonial Pipeline I don't know what to make of it. And part of me also kind of doubts I can get that information without ending up on some kind of list. But I don't know. I'm curious. One thing you always want to do in these kind of situations when trying to judge the actions of anything, whether it be a company, a utility... Or even just some random weirdo on the street. You want to try and look at the situation from their perspective. And doing that with the meatpacking facility, it comes off as I just feel like I couldn't do it. I can't put myself in their shoes just because I've been covering this sort of ransomware attack for so long now. And I know what I know. It is very difficult to imagine I don't know what I know. At the same time, I don't know what they know. I also don't know what the heck Dell was thinking when they thought... ...on their high-end Alienware M15 laptops... ...they could just casually disable some CUDA cores. Just automatically hindering the performance. That there's supposed to be 5,120 CUDA cores, but... ...for whatever reason, only 4,608 CUDA cores... were enabled in these laptops... Dell says that this was caused by a BIOS error and that they should update their system BIOS to fix the issue. I'm pretty sure I said this last podcast as well, or the podcast before. I used to always mock Dell as the gold standard for mediocrity. I don't know what the heck is going on at Dell right now. But holy cow. The bar of average that Dell set. They are shooting way, way under it. With their Alienware line just making catastrophically bad decisions. The performance of their laptop shooting under par for what a stock system with the same specs is doing just their various bloatware just killing performance and then their latest products just feeling lackluster in their design and feature set compared to previous generations the only thing right now that Dell has going for them that makes any kind of sense is some of their enterprise offerings. Dell's suite of remote access tools is still fantastic in the enterprise. They have some of the best rack mount storage systems. But that's it. They have one of the best GPU 1U servers out there. How long though until that side of things is affected by the same corner cutting that is affecting the rest of the market? And I would assume if you, if you mentioned this before and I didn't see what I see in the business side of things, I would say there's no way that would happen. But even the Dell Precision line is suffering and that was easily the best of the best of what Dell had to offer and now it too is suffering and now they have a basic this is basic stuff 10% of the GPU is disabled how do you mess that up not looking good for Dell lately. And that is a shame. That is a real shame. What's also a shame is that Facebook wants to go ahead and launch a smartwatch that has two cameras, a heart rate monitor, and a free stalker. The stalker is, of course, the watch itself. Does anyone think this is a good idea? Look, I I already know that the overwhelming majority of the people listening to me right now see no reason to get a smartwatch. I get that. I get that I am probably the only one here listening to this podcast right now that thinks, dude, smartwatches, pretty nice. I get that. But who the heck especially wants one from Facebook? that also being said, the smartwatch space right now is in desperate need of some innovation. I, for one, am looking forward to see what Wear OS from Google ends up becoming. But Facebook saying, hey, we're going to make a watch. We're going to go ahead and give you a... We're going to give you cameras on your watch... So that you can spy on other people without the knowing, and also they can spy on you too. And here's probably the most interesting part about this. You can de-attach the display and capture video without your phone. Yes. In a world where people who wanna who actually want to capture video either A, go out and actually get a hobbyist cinema camera or a mirrorless DSLR or at the very least go out and get some crazy over-the-top phone in which 15% no god how much what percentage of that would would that be yeah it's about 15% of the back of the phone is a massive camera bump now let's go ahead and say that I'm gonna go ahead and take Video with the camera built in to the watch. Brilliant. Uh, Look, I'm just gonna, if I haven't made it clear, all right, let me try to be as clear as I possibly can be. All right. Are you ready? Please, do not buy a Facebook smartwatch. And while we're at it, do not buy any Facebook-powered electronics. If it's got the Facebook name on it, just don't buy it. I don't care what it is. I, I I don't care if it's a $5. I don't care if this smart. I don't care if this smartwatch is $5. Do not buy it. No good things will come of this. And while you're at it, just stop using Facebook. Try to do everything in your, make that your new New Year's resolution halfway through the year. Just cut Facebook out of your life. You'll be a happier person because of it. Trust me. I I say this as someone... That... Has been Facebook-free for a very, very long time... And only recently has been forced to use Facebook... To make sure that the company he runs... Has some kind of presence on Facebook... For the sake of just having a presence on Facebook... That's your New New Year's Resolution. Just be free of Facebook. Not for any amount of time. Just be free of Facebook, period. End of story. Cut it from your life. 86 it. From everything about you. That is the first step to being a better person, says the guy who is frequently on Twitter and I realize that th- that in itself is a bit hypocritical I will say this much at least at least Twitter has no idea how to make money th- that is my one saving grace in still using Twitter Meanwhile, over at Google, they have completely changed their global advertising, their global advertising practices in one of their antitrust deals. Zona chat says Twitter's blue, Facebook blue, Twitter bad idea. Oh, there's plenty of things in the tech world that are blue that are good. Like Intel. Like Twit. Oh, no. I think we might be on to something. No, there's got to be one tech company that has blue as their mascot color that's actually good. Um... um Oh, no. But in any case, Google had lost antitrust case with the French comp... I'm sorry, the... Why don't I just actually go with the... Actual article. This article has come fr- comes from Reuters. Google said it would be making changes to its global advertising business to ensure it does not abuse its dominance. Bowing to antitrust pressure for the first time in a landmark settlement with French authorities. Let me interject. This is not the first time that Google has bowed to antitrust pressure. chat finally found one steam it's almost it's more of an indigo color a deep deep blue rather than rather than that but there we go we found the one oh and i got another one what about blizzard oh The settlement announced on Mon- the article continues. The settlement announced on Monday include a fine of 220 million euros or 268 million dollars, and was the first time the U.S. tech giant had agreed to make changes to its ad businesses, which brings in the bulk of service. The decision to sanction Go- Google is part of the signi- is p- of particular s- significance because it is the first decision. Oh my God. It's not! It might be the first time that Google is adjusting its ad businesses, but it is not the first hit that Google has taken to antitrust. The more and more this article tries to say that it's the first, the more and more it just... Do do you read? The all continues. The French element alone... May not may not meaningfully affect industry markets market share, according to an ad supported, according to ad supported me- media companies and Google's advertising rivals. But they hope it inspires similar antitrust cases in the U.S. and other jurisdictions. Do you know, what, you know what I've noticed. It's technically not the first time to- someone in chat says maybe it's the first time they've done it with the French. It technically isn't because the other cases of this happening have happened in just in the EU in general, which the French are still part of. Unless we get a Frexit. Which that would be weird. We're already sick of hearing the term Brexit. The last thing we need is a Frexit. The more and more I read this article by the way, and I'm kind of skimming ahead just to find the information of how the heck it changes things. It is not mentioning what the changes are. All right, apparently in this landmark legisl- in this landmark case, Google's changing its advertising practices across shores. But we don't know how other than I assume uh, no longer promoting its own at the top of the search results. Like if you look for videos, it would put put you to YouTube first and then other services that support that from what I can tell is supposed to be the hit. I don't know. This is the problem with doing the prep a couple days beforehand and then doing it. And then actually doing the podcast now. But I digress. Stadia is finally adding support for Chromecast with Google TV. (sighs) So recently, there have been a... uh, New versions of the Chromecast that actually have a full-blown operating system on They're referred to as Chromecast with Google TV. Stadia! Which is Google's cloud gaming service that they were super proud of not too long ago, but nowadays uh, they're starting to realize, oh no, everyone was right. This is a bad service, and everyone sees through it but everyone expects us to kill it so we can't kill it now we're stuck with it because we don't want to kill it and prove everyone right hey Google just kill it already you know you want to but in any case the latest Chromecast did not support Google Stadia and now they finally do as they should have in the first bloody place good good job Google good job you did it it did the thing it should have done in the first place. That was the, those of the biggest selling pitches of Google Studio 2! You can just use it on a standard Chromecast, but the latest one, it didn't! Future updates of the Google Nest Hub and Hub Max are going to be getting a, a better feature-rich browser with keyboards. So, the Google Hub and Google Hub Max, these are the... Echo Show competitors. They're basically tablets with a smart speaker built to them. Of which my Echo Dot just responded and distracted me. But you didn't hear it on the podcast. But I digress. The whole point of it is to still be a smart speaker, but they have a screen so you could see more. Well, with a more feature-rich browser and a keyboard built into it, the Nest Hub and Hub Max are, ver- are very quickly becoming more and more and more like a full-blown computer. In fact, with this update, they are getting dangerously close to having the exact same amount of functionality as a Chromebook. Soon, they'll be able to surpass the Chromebook as actually having a useful supply of features built into them. Can I also just talk for a second about how, more and more lately, in the education space, every other computer manufacturer, Microsoft, Apple, every other flavor of Linux that wants to believe that Linux is the answer to all, are just casually letting Chromebooks, which by definition are an inferior computer, absolutely command the education space. The next generation is only going to know how to operate a phone, which are mostly Android, and Chromebooks, which is just a web browser. How long until actual functional computers are just replaced by more and more Chromebooks of which all their fans just go, oh, it's good enough, I guess. I am not looking forward to this future. I am not. And someone would just I, I know some of you out there listening are going to go, oh, just wait, the Chromebook will actually get more features. To which I respond with, have you seen how Google operates? You have better odds of Chromebooks getting canceled. Look at Stadia. I'm just saying that Chrome OS is more likely going to end up just getting replaced. Honestly, if they did do that, that probably would be one of the worst decisions Google would make. Now, in more bizarre news, but I put it here since it was right with the rest of the Google news. Ohio is declaring Google a public utility. So that it could be regulated as such. You know what the most bizarre thing is? As dumb as it is. He's got a point. It's not a very good point. But he does have a point. But someone in chat has a much better point. How can you consider Google a public utility? But the internet is not. Well, in any case, uh, the state of Ohio is in fact suing Google. Saying that. Google is a common carrier and a public utility under Ohio law, and somehow ISPs are not. Maybe ISPs are considered public utilities in the state of Ohio. I don't know. This is going to be a fun one to see how it uh, evolves over time. That much is absolutely for certain. Meanwhile, back over in the EU, Google is going to no longer treat one treat uh, the EU's requirement as a promotional opportunity. So before, one of the things that made me also go that the landmark leg- the landmark case in France is the first time is complete hogwash is because cases like this have happened. Where Google can no longer... A while back, Google could not have their own search engine be the automatic default. When you set up your device over in Europe, you are given the option to select your search engine And your web browser. And what Google did before was say, all right, fine, we'll do this. But hey, you other search engines, you want to be on that list that we're required by by court order to do, you got to pay up. And for some reason, the EU just kept letting this happen for reasons scientists cannot explain. Well, Google is no longer doing this very scummy thing I just described. And so, yay? Hooray for Google not being absolute scum? I guess? All right, we're going to take our break here when we come back. Let's talk about Apple and everything WWDC. Yeah, I'm not going to lie uh e3 and how much it rotted my brain actually did make me forget that we do have the worldwide developer conference to also talk about welcome back eagle eyes on tech i'm eagle falcon All right, here's a fun one for you. You know how every single Mac fanboy now is just talking about how, oh, the new Apple Silicon is absolutely flawless, and all of you x86 plebs who don't know what good computing is just don't understand the glory of having everything hinge on whether a single chip lives or dies first off their smug attitude ticks me off then after that fact support my claim second how about this for a headline new macOS update fixes an ssd wear issue on M1 max so keep in mind the ssd on the new Apple Silicon-based Macs is all in the sy- the SOC, the system on a chip. Everything is there. The, the SSD is there. The RAM is there. The CPU is there. The GPU is there. Everything is on this one freaking chip. There is no modularity or repairability on Apple Silicon Macs. And thus, why... From a professional point of view, the Apple Silicon Macs are an inferior product until you look at their performance and then debate whether the sacrifice in uptime is worth the uptime issues. Wait. If the sacrifice in uptime is worth the performance increase. Regardless, The fact that there was an issue that put additional wear on the SSD that you can't replace, by the way. I'm not kidding when I say the only way to fix the SSD that fails on a Mac is to buy a new Mac. Just let that sink in on how ludicrous that is. Because it's all in the SOC. Once it runs out, that's it. Whole new motherboard replacement. Because everything is on that chip. But hey. What's a little additional wear on the SSD between friends, right? What's a little shaving a couple years off your entire computer between friends? it's no big deal right this is fine all right let's talk about wwc first off no we did not get new macbook pros we actually got no new hardware at all every single person who wanted to keep going ahead and saying oh, we're gonna get everything we ever wanted we're gonna get a macbook pro with ports and it's gonna be the return of the magsafe connector and The happiness and unicorns are going to be there. Yeah, all you got were horrifying emoji monsters. Can we just talk about that for a second? About how Apple continues to think that these... Augmented reality emoji... Basically, VTubers... Is the future in Apple. It is... Actually scary. I actually hate... How the emojis look, but apparently Apple is so proud of them. I I, I I have I have no words. I really don't. It is awful. But in any case, let's just go down the list real quick. The list I'm go- going off is from Mac Rumors. I could go off my list, but I styled my list in the in the style of Cinema Sins. But in any case, we t- they talked about iOS 15 and and the new FaceTime will f- have some wonderful features such as spatial audio, which will not matter because your phone has dime-sized speakers in it, as well as the ability to share what's on your screen. Voice isolation that already, I'll tell you in the demo, it is not as good as RTX Voice, but it's still impressive. As well as also the ability to share your screen. And also share music and video from Apple services in sync. Which could possibly open up the door for potential piracy claims down the road. That'll be a fun one to report on. Just remember, you heard it here first if it happens. If it never happens, well then you you could forget about it and not call me out on it. The other bit of interesting news from FaceTime is that you can now invite other people to join your FaceTime conversation regardless of what their device is. It will just use FaceTime in a web app. That's right. FaceTime technically has come to Android. And Windows. And even Chromebook, for that fact. It is available on everything. Technically. iOS 15 is also going to be getting a redesigned notification system, as well as having notification-like summaries sorted by priority. This will also include the added focus feature, so that if you're, say, at work, it will automatically filter out non- work-related notifications. The Apple weather app is getting a bit of an update to make it look like they actually care about it. You'll be able to store your driver's license into your phone, into your iPhone wallet, as well as storing your security card credentials. Apparently, I have suspicions it will not work. I'll just say that right now. They also said that all iOS that all devices that run iOS 14 will run iOS 15, as well. iOS 15 will include a built-in password authenticator with autofill, all to replace things like Google Authenticator and Authy. All right, we'll see how well that works. Excuse me, my nose is v- getting very itchy. It needs to stop doing that. Apple is going to be adding new outfits, glasses, headwear, and accessibility options to Memojis so that now you can customize your horrific emoji monster however you choose. Or, hear me out, you could not. Someone in chat asks, oh sweet, now my identity can get stolen easier on iOS. That, and also I can't wait to find out how many various authorities won't will not accept your id from your phone i'm just gonna call that right now like i'm willing to bet if i show up to city hall and i had to fill out, fill out documentation and they want to see my id if i slide on my phone they're gonna be like yeah nice try not allowed New separate alerts in iOS 15 let you know if you leave an AirTag or Apple device behind. And there's plenty more little this, that's, and the other things. Oh yeah, and Apple Maps is getting the ability to set leaving and arrival times. So it becomes slightly closer to being as good as Google Maps. iPadOS 15. It is going to be getting more features in there, such as letting you place widgets anywhere on the home screen. As well as getting an app library. Good job, iOS 15. Or iPadOS 15. You are one step closer to catching up with Android 3. Bravo. 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 Small round of applause for iPad OS 15 catching up to Android 3. You will now be able to. iOS 15, or I'm sorry, iPad OS 15 is going to allow you to build iPhone and iPad apps directly on the iPad. So now you too can create your horrifying predatory mobile games directly on the mobile device. Just cut out the middleman. iOS 15 and iPad. OS 15 gain a new app store. Find my contacts, sleep, game center, and mail widgets. iOS 15 and iPad. OS 15 and macOS Monterey. By the way, there's a macOS Monterey. will introduce system-wide translations and translate apps as well. Let's get the macOS Monterey. First off, can we just say, I... I, I've griped about macOS naming scheme recently. Like, before they started with cats, that was fine. But now they're getting so smug about themselves, they're just naming their operating systems after random locations within California and I still hate it it still comes off as really dumb and pretentious <sighs> but I guess that really just shows so the true face of of OS, doesn't it Someone in chat says a lot of anti-counterfeit measures on IDs, they they require light reflection in different angles to verify. Yeah. My, My state ID in particular does have one section of it that is transparent and plenty of other elements of it that are only visible at certain angles of light. I can confirm this. The Safari browser on Mac OS Monterey is getting a huge UI overhaul. And by huge UI all overhaul, I mean they are moving the address bar up into the tab section. But they spent a disgusting amount of time talking about it. They are getting shortcut apps. Or I'm sorry, shortcut apps coming to the Mac, including the Automator. Or, no, the Automator will still remain supported, but more shortcuts are coming to the Mac I'm not gonna lie when they announced that Mac OS is getting shortcuts I kind of just I don't know I don't know you know what to say test flight is finally coming to the Mac to the ability to test apps good job Apple is bringing a low power mode to the Mac and iPad with Mac OS Monterey and Iop- iOS 15 Yay. WatchOS 8. Should we even bother? There's new health apps inside WatchOS 8, including the ability to track how steadily you're walking, trends, your lab results, and what they mean for you, and the ability for health sharing. This this was the thing that like blew me away the most. Let me actually go get the actual note I put in in my WWDC Sins. You can now keep an eye on everyone else's health stats, and you can even nag your family if they if they see anything else. This is a godsend to my nagging aunt. Yeah, that's pretty much how this is going to go down. Like, uh, it it is just going to be anyone who is paranoid to find any reason to just get on you. And of course, inevitably, it's going to get hacked. And then that data is going to be in there. And then your health data is just going to be, you know, an open book. Because why not? TVOS 15. You can now use HomePod minis and HomePods as a soundbar for your Apple TV devices. Yay. There is now going to be an iCloud Plus. Which allows you to pay for security features such as additional storage and the ability to hide your email and use spoof emails you can set up a temporary spoof email to send so if you want to go ahead and commit account fraud it's now infinitely easier to do that, thanks to iCloud+. Someone in chat wants to know, does Apple promise not to sell your health data? They promise strongly they will not sell your health data. They don't even have access to your health data, according to them, because it is stored directly on the device and encrypted on the iOS device, which is, of course, a super, super secure device that never has had any security vulnerability whatsoever, Except for when they talked about in the Apple versus Epic case about how there is a metric ton of security vulnerabilities on the iPhone. Oh, wait. So yeah, that is basically... the WWDC keynote in under 10 minutes. Or over 10 minutes. I don't know. I didn't count. For the most part... There is a lot there. There's a lot of potentially good things. There's probably a bunch I also missed. I compared this WWDC to a jumbo size bucket of popcorn. There's a lot there, and overall, it's going to make for a great improvement, but there is a lot to sift through, and there is no one feature that makes the new software updates really a game changer at all. Oh, I forgot. Watch OS allows user to, to set multiple timers. Woo! Now, how about some actual earth-shattering news? Microsoft says it'll stop supporting Windows 10 in 2025. Wait, what? You heard me. Windows 10 will no longer be supported in the year 20 25 But how can that be? I thought Windows 10 was going to be the the, the last version of Windows and they just keep updating it forever and ever against my will. Yeah. Funny that. So apparently We are going to be getting a big announcement in a few weeks. And it is already being leaked out that it will, in fact, be a new version of Windows. We don't know what it's going to be called. Some people are saying Windows 11. Some are saying Windows Sun Sun Valley. I'm willing to bet it's going to be Windows 11. But the fact that we actually officially have a date that says, hey, Windows 10 support ends October 14th, 2025, is big. Now, here's what I'm hoping for. Say it with me. No mandatory updates. Again, no mandatory updates. Please, I'm begging you, do not force shut down my computer against my will to force install your BS that bricks half my equipment. I cannot tell you how many others out there, whether it be their corporate printer or their fax machine or their elaborate sound setups for their broadcasting rigs. How many of them have just had their essential equipment they use? That's Mission Critical. Just stop working because of a Windows 10 update. Oh, but you should go ahead and just use Windows Pro and that way you'll, you'll not have mandatory updates. Except that still mandatory on Windows 10 Pro! And I have griped over and over and over again how dumb that is. Ooh, but if they didn't do it, then big businesses would never update. And that's supposed to make the absolute abysmal freaking support of these updates and the abysmal decisions to go ahead and force install drivers that brick these devices with your Windows 10 updates better. I am telling you this right now. It cannot. If Windows hopes to gain any faith back, it cannot implement the exact same update system it did in the past. You want to do it once in a while for for an essential security update? That's... Fine. I get that. But to go ahead and say force update to add a stupid weather bar. By the way, if you update your window system lately, you will have a weather bar installed on your start menu. Whether you like it or not, it will be there. And it will be there until you right-click your start menu on an empty setting. And then you go from there to news and interests... And then you'll see an option there that says turn off. You're welcome by the way. And it will be there until you do that. By the way, it's an awful tool by the way. It was the weather was off by 20 degrees. It said it was 73 outside. It was 90. And its location was supposedly set correctly. It was awful, an awful, awful update. I don't know why they did it. It was beyond dumb. So we'll see what Windows 11 or Sun Valley or whatever the heck they're gonna call it gives us. I doubt it's gonna be anything good. All right, let's talk about the RTX 3070 Ti. Once again, NVIDIA has released another GPU you cannot buy because it is a myth. Zona Jet says their game froze. They had to restart their PC and was forced to get a new update, and now you have the weather bar. I'm I'm telling you right now. If you look on your on your uh on your start menu, on your start bar, at the far left you have like a little up arrow sort of thing where it says hit show hidden icons. If you right click that, news and in, news and interests in that menu. It'll bring over another drop menu, go to turn off. Actually, you can do that pretty much anywhere you don't have an icon. That's how you get rid of it. Anyway, the 3070 Ti. So, funny thing about the 3080 Ti. I actually said that it was a good sign. Because the 3080 Ti, all it was in the end, was a 3090 in which NVIDIA shaved off the number of RAM chips that went on it. It was clearly a sign that NVIDIA is trying to cut down the number of chips it takes to produce these cards in some sort of insane hope to try and work with what's available. It may not be a card that the masses will buy. Like, the the overall majority of people are not going to buy a 3080Ti because it's a $1200 card in a sane market. But it's still a sign that Nvidia is trying to adjust to the current situation. The 3070 Ti is not that. The 3070 Ti is a card that in a sane world costs 4 I'm sorry, costs $599. And sits between the 3070, which costs $500, and the 3080, which costs $700. So $500 for the 3070 TI, or for the 3070, $600 for the 3070 TI, and the and $700 for the 3080 TI, according to MSRP. You're not going to get a card for MSRP, by the way. But here is the baffling part about this card. You would assume that the 3070 Ti is halfway between the 3070 and the 3080. It is only 20% better than the 3070. That's it. And by 20%, I mean it is 20% of the way between a 3070 and a 3080. It doesn't even come close to justifying its price point. The 3070TI from a performance standpoint is a scam. Once the markets stabilize and makes sense, assuming the prices still stay the same, you should absolutely not buy a 3070 TI. But of course, it doesn't matter. Because the car doesn't exist, the 3070 doesn't exist, the 3080 also doesn't exist, and nothing on the 3080 Ti was done to reduce the number of chips it takes up. So it's not like Nvidia is going to be able to make more for whatever reason. At all. It is, in every way, shape, and form, a complete joke. People were... Every single tech outlet was ripping on the 3080 Ti as NVIDIA being tone-deaf. The 3070 Ti. That is the real sign of NVIDIA being tone-deaf. Because there is no compelling reason to get a 3070 Ti. Except for it's the only thing you can find. And by the way... Uh, spoiler alert, if I go ahead and go to Amazon.com and type in RTX 3070Ti, oh, look at that. I could get it for $2,100. Otherwise, it doesn't exist at all. Slow freaking clap so yeah it's a complete and utter joke everything nvidia has pretty much done right now is a complete and utter joke not that it really matters at all because it's partially out of nvidia's hands there's not really a whole lot they can do but continue to releasing more and more cards and continuing to insult our intelligence by continuing to do this and not show any compelling reason as to why these cards are going to exist and why it's going to help the supply line at all isn't helping anything at all f minus minus everyone expected me to rip on nvidia this way last week and i didn't well now i'm doing it now because now it makes sense what doesn't make sense is el is el salvador has become the first country to adopt bitcoin as legal currency Um yay Um congratulations I'm sorry In other bizarre news uh Jeff Bezos says he will fly into space next month Cuz that's that's what we need We need Jeff Bezos fly into space maybe while Jeff Bezos is up there he'll come to an epiphany and stop doing a lot of the craziness that's been going on lately but I kind of doubt that but hey you know at least you go go to space good luck all right how about some actual interesting gaming news one thing that, shockingly enough, was actually not reannounced at E3 is the fact that Microsoft is going to be releasing the capability for smart TVs to have the ability to stream Xbox games directly to the TV. So you know that whole xCloud project that Microsoft was working on? The ability to go ahead and... Stream games from your Xbox or servers and play them on whatever device you want. You know, Stadia, but good. At least by Stadia standards. Microsoft is going to be incorporating that directly into TVs. Chat is having a field day with the news that Jeff Bezos is, is going to space. We, we've got his dream was to literally look down at all of us and he's going to do it from space. He can finally li- live, his, live his dream. He says he was going to be an astronaut. And now he's going to do it. I hear Jeff Bezos is going to space, and all I can think of is a new challenger appears from the fighting games. <sighs> oh, man. So, xCloud coming to being built directly into TVs and to make things even better. though, Remember those rumors way back when of an Xbox streaming stick? They are now confirmed. There is, in fact, going to be an Xbox streaming stick. I rip on Microsoft for continuing to be a console company that makes all their exclusive available on PC, but I gotta give them credit. If you want to go ahead and uh, and are unable to justify the cost of a PC, holy cow, is Xbox making it easier and easier and easier and a lower and lower and lower cost of entry into getting into gaming on Xbox and thus PC gaming by almost proxy. Speaking of easy ways to get into gaming, I bring you the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Tesla had their latest announcement, the Plaid Model S, a super fast version of the Model S using the new interior design that has a horrible steering wheel that I would not wish on anyone. That is using the yoke style. That means that there is no top half of the steering wheel. There is only the bottom half. And the bottom half. Is basically in a straight U. The bottom is flat. And the sides are flat. And it just curves on the sides. But the steering wheel spokes are still exactly the same. I hate this design. As someone who has. Done a lot of driving in his days. This design. This design. Infuriates me. I said that vocally when this first came out. At least the freaking gauge cluster is still there. At least Tesla kept that. But this latest version, the the Model S Plaid, uh, really makes you wonder what's the point of getting a Roadster once those actually exist, since it has pretty much the exact same performance numbers of it, except it is a sedan instead of a you know actual sports car. Someone in chat said this somehow reminds them of the car from the last Starfighter. Honestly, the first thing that popped in my head when I saw the steering wheel was uh was Kit from Knight Rider. That also had a very impractical steering wheel. Although I think theirs was exactly ripped from a uh, fighter jet, I think, but I'm not sure. But I digress. So the new Model S Plaid is going to have the exact same specs as the Roadster that doesn't exist. By the way, speaking of Tesla cars that don't exist, kind of funny how uh, we still have absolutely no word, none, zip, zero, nada, about the Cybertruck. Ford is knocking on the Cybertruck's door. And Tesla instead just instead makes one of their uh, other cars obsolete. But that's not the bizarre part. No, 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 no. Elon's pretty bizarre. But the bizarre part is that this Tesla Model S is going to be powered by an AMD Ryzen APU that basically has the gaming performance of a PS5 there is in fact a decent chance that it's going to have the exact same SoC as a PS5. So, in fact, you can game inside your $120,000 car. Which, shockingly enough, after scalpers are done, is the exact same price you'd pay for your PlayStation 5. So, hey, at least in this case... Not only do you get your PS5, but you get a car for free. See? Value. Value right there. All thanks to scalpers. All joking aside, by the way, uh, it did actually even show the car playing Cyberpunk 2077 at very good resolution and Frame rate, all on its center 17-inch infotainment display. But by far the weirdest part about this con- about this thing is the Tesla controller, which looks exactly like a Nintendo Switch Pro controller, except both of its joysticks are at the bottom. Like you'd expect on a PlayStation controller. And sticking with inferior holding design. You know how you have the grips on either side where you rest your hands as you use your thumbs to grind across the buttons. They are joined at the bottom just like their stupid useless steering wheel. Freaking Clap No word as to what the cost is Of this Tesla gaming controller But if I had to put money on it I'm willing to bet It is going to be a $160 gaming controller And Tesla fanboys Are going to rave about how their design Is far superior to everything else you'd use As their hands Cramp up right before your eyes folks that is going to do it for this episode of eagle eyes on tech thank you so much for listening and i do encourage you check out my other works you can you can find me at live at twitch.tv slash eagle falcon we also have a daily podcast the early burb briefing which you can find at anchor.fm slash early burb b-i-r-b briefing and also, and well Check out a whole whole bunch of stuff. We do this sort of thing every week. We record this live at Twitch. Take care, and I hope you have a great day. Okay, but real question, though. Will I be able to use a normal controller in my Tesla Model S? And also, what is the power consumption of the game console portion of the Tesla Model S? Is it going to, like, cut my charging rate down by half? So if I go over to a charging station and I decide, oh, I'm going to play a game while I'm refueling slash recharging my Tesla Model S, is it going to cut the charging rate down by half i mean what are we talking here is it gonna be like negligible impact will the tesla model s finally be able to reach warp three like has been promised to me since 19 always i am waiting for warp drive on my tesla model s which may or may not break the speed limit